0: Welcome to Comically Exposed, um, episode nine. I am Heather. And I'm Gabby. And welcome again to our episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Done it. Did it. You're, we did welcomed, it. you're welcome to people. Feel welcome. Um, so yeah. So before this podcast, Heather and I have been talking about OCD and other mentals and stuff like that. I know you're all shocked. Um but uh, this particular episode is going to be a little different from our normal episodes. Um, we're going to talk about um, like uh, intentions, I guess, for next year um, or now, because now or it's now. next year. Yeah. yeah. All right. How <laughs> does time work again?
0: <laughs> we're, we're we're recording in 2023, but this is for 2024.
1: Yes. Yes, Yes, correct. Um, So I do have some like check-in stuff that I want to talk about from last episode. Okay. Um, Does that sound good? Yeah, go for it. Cool. Okay. Um, So, and now that I said that, you know, I can't think of it. Okay. (laughs) There are a couple of things on the horizon for me, which I'm... I'm going to say excited about which is one, somebody from my aqua aquaerobics class said that her friend is starting a theater group and that I should contact them so oh. I have and they're putting on a play and there's two female parts so I'm looking at both of them today and then I'm going to sign up for an audition and then that'll happen uh, unfortunately I don't think I can make any of the rehearsals but this is kind of like goes to my pattern of rejecting things before they've even actually happened. Yes. So instead of rejecting it outright and avoiding, I'm going to do the actual audition and then, you know, let the chips fall where they may. So Congratulations.
0: That's yeah, that's awesome. Thank you.
1: Thank you. And then the other thing about it is the place where they're having the play and the auditions uh is a theater kind of close by in like a suburban area and I'm thinking oh that might be great to rent out and uh put on my own night of mm. you know uh, comedy uh, stories about people you know navigating the health system and um the hilarity that <laughs> comes from um uh, fighting with insurance companies and doctors and everything to get the adequate health care that you need. So, yeah.
0: Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, you mentioned wanting to do that. And this, yeah, it's cool that you found a venue. That's a great next step.
1: I know. Uh, So now I just got to figure out, you know, how much it is and all that jazz. But I'm kind of excited about it because, you know, with my last run-in with Oakland, I'm a little reticent to have a night of theater out there for parking reasons and others. So this is like, you know, uh, it may not be close to public transportation, but people with cars should be able to go there and find easy parking and their cars will be safe and all that stuff. So yeah, I think those are my two things. How about you? Any updates? Any uh, comedy things you want to talk about?
0: Yeah. um, I think we recently talked about this and, I was opting to not talk about it, but I'm starting <laughs> to think maybe I will talk about it. And then if I don't like it, then I'll just cut it out. Uh, but, nice. Um, nice. So I, I recently completed a humor writing class and Woohoo. yeah. And I wasn't feeling green about myself about it because even though it was a four week course, I missed two of the classes because one internet was down and I couldn't even go. And then Two, I was on the second class, I um, was battling a really bad bout of insomnia, and I basically passed out, and I couldn't go, and I felt kind of like a shit, you know, like I shouldn't have signed up, and I wasn't very, I was being critical of myself, essentially, Mm. and I, I showed up to the final class with a piece that I've been editing on and off for the last few weeks, and I couldn't enjoy the fact that it actually performed better than I thought, because editing it, even though I do like the editing process, for some odd reason, I was clouded in judgment the entire mm. time I was editing the piece. And I couldn't hear praise For Mm -hmm. some odd reason in class. And I was actually having an OCD slash social anxiety episode during class, which was not fun and um, found myself dissociating um, and trying to ground myself because it is a very when it happens, you don't really know what's happening until it at least for me, it just sounds like you can't hear anybody. Oh, Um, And then you're not there, you know, you see things, Uh but you're just like, I don't know what's happening. I don't, you know, it's kind of like the Charlie Brown teacher voice or adult voices where people don't make sense in your mind, you know, and Mm -hmm. you don't know what's happening. And so I try to ground myself. But then on top of that, I was being extremely self-critical because I felt like I was not giving enough notes. And so, of course, I was telling myself, you know you're a piece of shit, and <laughs> you're you're not giving enough notes. I know, yeah. I know, and everybody else deserves notes because you got too many notes because you went second, and you shouldn't have gone second because you don't deserve it. And well,
1: as long as you're keeping score, that's what's important. <laughs> I know,
0: and so I'm realizing right now it's totally irrational, but you know that's OCD for you. Um, mm-hmm. And so in the middle of the whole thing, I end up just saying things which ended up just sounding like facts um, <laughs> instead of being helpful. And of course I was criticizing myself. And then when we were done with class, I basically spent an hour or two trying to stop myself from doing compulsions um, to not feel bad. Mm-hmm. And and basically it lasted for a couple days of just kind of feeling awful for some odd reason. And I realized <laughs> that maybe nobody notices, you know, that any of this is happening or maybe they did. I mean, that's the other thing, you know, is like realizing that people can notice um, that things are happening. But inside, I was just feeling very like things were feeling a little bit. I don't know how to say it. It's like as if it's like on not on um, solid ground. Uh-huh. I don't know if that makes sense. It, it yeah. just feels like I'm just kind of like teetering on something. And
1: liminal. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And so it's just. Yeah. It doesn't feel great. And so yeah. I just. Wanted to say that. It's not an excuse <laughs> to say it, but it's just like in the moment. I know I, I don't know what I'm saying in my head right now <laughs> that I'm okay. like saying okay. out loud. I'm criticizing my criticism. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. That that part um, that I was wondering. Yeah. And- but here's the thing though, I think that's so legit and speaks to our podcast in general, which is O C D is a, a sneaky little witch and um <laughs> And the self-doubt and the self-criticism just seems to be her best friend and, Mm -hmm. you know, shows up and then you judge yourself for judging yourself or being critical. And then you try and figure out, well, what was the right thing that I should have said in the moment, I guess, or whatever it is. But it just becomes um, like such a, a tornado of just feelings and thoughts, compulsions, urges all of the above, and I agree with you, could be – um I don't know that I necessarily disassociate, but it, it does start to pull you away from what is actually happening around you in the moment. Yeah, um,
0: yeah it does. Yeah, so, yeah and that, that was the other judge, too, for myself was I wasn't mm-hmm. being present enough.
1: Right. Oh, so that's good <laughs> that you were – as long as you are critical from all angles, then you know that you, you've done it right. As long yeah. as there is, is uh, I think Maria Bamford talks about her family doing like whack-a-mole, but with joy. And so <laughs> it's like you bring something pleasant to the group and they figure out how to whack it, all the joy out of it. And that's like what you're, you're playing whack-a-mole of joy, but by yourself, with yourself. <laughs> yeah, I'm really yeah. good at
0: that. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's uh-huh. a talent.
1: Yeah, exactly. I like to say that my strongest muscle is my self-criticism. Mm-hmm. Um and I also think it really in talking about this podcast, maybe this is too meta, but it it really walks a line of saying all the awful things that are being said to myself in my head, because that is my reality, right? Mm-hmm. I could present that like, hey, I'm doing great. And everything's awesome and whatever. And then I feel like I'm not being truthful about my experience, right? Yes.
0: yes, yes.
1: Uh, Or I can say all the awful things that are being said to myself and put them out there. And then people are like, Oh, you know, it you're really hard on yourself. And it's like, yeah, I I know, you know, and it's like, I don't mean to bum people out by it, but it's also kind of like my lived experience. And I do wonder like if it's, I don't know about you, but like when I was, before I had the OCD diagnosis, like people would tell me kind of, I would say like, oh, you know, I have all these really negative thoughts and I can't shake them or whatever. And then they would be like, oh, well then just think positively.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) i was gonna say that (laughs)
1: yeah it's like uh uh-huh if i had control over my thoughts you think that i would be struggling right now no Mm -hmm. because i would have control over my thoughts and it just uh, i know it wasn't people's intention but it felt to me as though they think that i'm being lazy or uh, contributing to my own downfall in some yeah, way, yeah. which yeah. I'm sure that I am on some part. But anyway,
0: yeah, no, I, I I feel the same way. I mean, I haven't recently expressed all the negative emotions in my head. It took going to this particular psychiatrist to really start to um, share thoughts, because um, I tend to keep things. Positive. Mm -hmm. Because that's what I was always taught. You know, that nobody wants to hear any of the other stuff. And that's the other thing that I just recently learned was, and I don't remember the the term, but it's the term of of like of changing the thought into a positive thought. Like it's like a swap, but it's almost like an avoidance Mm -hmm. issue. Where if you swap the thought, you know, it's it becomes but it doesn't make it any better no
1: you know? this is like i uh you know, I had this really great therapist, and then she was going on sabbatical for six months, so I had to find a new one. And I went to somebody who was part of the CBT school, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy School here in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. and that was her thing. She was like, okay, so you're going to write down all the negative thoughts, which, first of all, I was like, girl, there is not enough time in the day <laughs> for me to be able to write down every single negative thought. Are you out of your mind? Like, that's probably 50,000 thoughts, truly, right? mm mm-hmm and then she was like and then you're gonna write like a response to each thought based on like reality and evidence showing why that thought is incorrect or whatever and i was like okay and i tried it but you know what it did it brought up more thoughts of yes. negativity. Yeah. And so then now that I have this dope therapist from uh no CD, he's like, "Oh yeah, that's just giving fuel to the fire, right?" <laughs> yeah. So it, he's like, "If you engage with the negative thoughts and say like, this is why you're wrong, that's just giving them more attention and it's just going to like empower the thoughts to come up more and stronger." And so yeah. instead, You know, it's I mean, other there are plenty of other methods. You and I were talking about some of my favorites before the podcast, which is one you just don't engage, you ground yourself, you pay attention to what's actually happening in front of you. And then my favorite, which was just sing it out loud, whatever the (laughs) negative thought or criticism that's coming in, you just sing out like, I'm the absolute worst. And there's never been anybody worse than me. And everybody hates me. And I'm gonna die alone. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the classics. And and once you say it out loud, like there is something to it where it's like it gets it out of the body, it gets it out of the head, and it makes it a real statement that you can look at in the light and say like, okay, and I don't even have to engage with it anymore to be like, wait a minute, you know, Stalin killed 10 million of his own people. So am I on par with Stalin as far as like terrible people, you know, it's like <laughs> I don't even have to do that because as soon as I see or say the thing out loud. It's like, oh, you know what? I can move on in my day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it, it's the it's the well-meaning, well-intentioned people that yeah. don't understand disordered thinking at mm-hmm. least in OCD. And, yeah. and and yeah, I've I've recently read something because, you know, Instagram gives you, you know, like here's a person that you might follow. Uh-huh. And I saw one of her videos and she basically made this claim with OCD. I think it was with OCD because I was just so appalled by it that that 10% of it is true.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Right. And it's like, okay, what does that do to benefit anybody? I know
0: because the first thing that I was taught is don't give it a number. Just say maybe.
1: Yes, exactly. Make it ambiguous.
0: Yes. I know.
1: And it's, yeah. Oh, Instagram and from what i hear tiktok is just full of very whew, <laughs> let's just say uninformed advice across the board from everything yeah. from geopolitics to <laughs> self-help to mental health care <laughs> to nutritional supplements you know
0: yeah yeah everything wants to be a cult um yeah. of something mm-hmm. yeah Mm-hmm. And and I'm I'm trying to be flexible in the sense of thinking because you know there are other ways of there are other ways that are being explored with OCD as well in terms of therapies. But I know right now the things that I've learned are the first time that I've actually had a better understanding of myself mm-hmm. and not going through a lot of cycling. You know, it's like you know, like the, the difference between talk therapy and ERP uh-huh. act. You know, like is yeah, it's like. Seven years of therapy, talk therapy versus Uh a few years of ERP and ACT have been very different for me.
1: Yeah. Exponentially more helpful. Yes. Yes. I had a similar experience as well. Yeah. It's amazing. You know, people who are like, well, therapy just isn't for me. I mean, listen, God bless. But also, I want to say, do you know how many different types of therapy there are out there? Yes. You know, like... So many, yes, and and ones that are physical too. Oh, and this brings me to you and I were talking about the practice, right?
0: Oh, yes, yes, Mm
1: -hmm. and we don't have to talk about it if you don't want to, but I also was coming up against this, which is you know, uh, one of the ways that I recognized my depression was real. Uh, over the past couple of months was because my usual practice of every day waking up and doing a guided meditation and going to aqua aerobics five, six days a week and, you know, doing these, uh, taking my insomnia medication and trying to go to sleep at a normal time. And, you know, all of that stuff was not helping. Right. And yeah. so then it was like, oh, crud. So then that's why I'm in TMS, which, by the way, if anybody cares, growing great. I am, I think next week is my last week. And Yay. I know. And so, yeah, so far so great. And I'm so thankful for it. But do you have anything you want to talk about as far as practice?
0: Yeah, yeah. I was noticing. It's funny because it's, it's like you forget to do things because you're like, I feel better. I don't uh-huh. need to do that.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. A thousand percent.
0: Yeah. So for a few months, I wasn't wasn't doing my practice as, you know, rigorously, which is okay too, right? Because you don't want to mm-hmm. judge yourself for not having time to do something, but it can kind of slip a little too much. You know, a week mm-hmm. goes by and a month goes by and you know, mm-hmm. then you're in November and wondering why am I going through so many OCD loops? Uh-huh. <laughs> and and what's happening and why do things feel out of control and and then, you know, it's December and you finally realize, oh, it's because I forgot to do the things that I've been practicing. And yeah, it's it's funny because I come back to it. But then I go, I am OK. You know, it's not that bad. And huh? then. oh, And it
1: truly. <laughs> and the thing is, is like, I swear OCD waits. You know what I mean? Because first of all, <laughs> first of all, you're. Um, Uh, we don't use the word cured
0: because there's no
1: cure of OCD. There is uh, periods of recovery and, you know, periods of struggle, I guess Mm -hmm. that's how I put it. And not all of that is entirely in our control. The things that are in our control is like you said, the practice, the doing exposures regularly, seeing a therapist, talking to people, whatever it is. Yeah. And, Yeah. And so OCD is so sneaky because it's like you, you you've done a bunch of exposure therapy. You're uh, doing so much better. Like OCD keeps trying to pop up and run her same place. And you're like, no, I see you. I'm just going to keep moving on with my day. And you're like, oh, good for me. Look at me go. Right. And then you're like, you know what? What is the problem? I mean, beyond like not doing the practice, sometimes I'll just be like, it's just easier to do the compulsion just like real quick. Do you know (laughs) what I mean? And it just seems like such a silly (laughs) compulsion where I'm like, oh, it just pops into my brain. Like if I walk on the left side, something good's going to happen to me today. So I'm going to walk on the left side of the sidewalk. And so I do it. (laughs) And then the problem is that gives OCD oxygen, at least for me. Yes. And it's sneaky because then I... Because you don't see your like, I don't know. For me, I don't see my base eroding if I haven't done exposure work for a couple of days or a month, or I haven't done my meditation, or I haven't done this or that. But then all of a sudden, it's like a wily e. coyote situation, and I'm <laughs> run over the top of a cliff, and I am in midair, going like, you know what? something's different. Something. Something's different. And then, you, you know, I look down and then it's like, no, oh, there I go. Crashing towards the ground. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's exactly how it is. Because at first you're like, oh, yeah, I'm self-aware that I'm doing this little compulsion to make me feel yeah. less, you know, whatever the feeling is. And and then after a while, it's kind of like you wake up and you're realizing that you Googled so many things. Yes, um, and you're like, "What happened to the last hour and a half? yeah, yeah, and then you're going, "Oh, was I here the whole time, like, uh-huh. like what was I doing, <laughs> and then yeah. for me, it's like I have a hundred tabs open and going,
1: Oh, okay, yeah, and then you're in that place, and then yep. something emotionally difficult comes up, like yes. the holidays, yes, and you're like. Oh, there is, no, at least for me, there is no safety set net under me currently yes, that I, yes. I build, you know, and now have neglected or the safety net has a few holes. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. The,
0: and that's exactly what happened to me is I spent a few months kind of, I guess, maybe avoiding doing my practices and and thought, hey, I'm a normal person. Look at me. I can Uh do normal things. Uh And then, and then November hit and then all the feelings came out because there was a lot of things fraught with difficult emotions Mm -hmm. and it kind of took me over. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So how are you doing now? You feel like you are, have you started your practice again? Do you want to start it again? do you want to talk about it on the podcast?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I started um, meditating again, which is a good thing. Yeah. And I do see my therapist uh, next week um, on Monday. So I am glad that I see him because I think I'm going to talk to him about some of the things that I've been going through. Good, And yeah, it's it's about coming back to practices, and then maybe even using different ones to kind of because you know that's what it is. It's about mm-hmm. like the arsenal of tools, of different of tools, yeah. Because yeah. you don't know which tool All is going to be effective. You know, you could use the yeah. same tool over and over again. And it can work one time, and it can not work the next time. And, mm-hmm. and that's the end. That's the part of uncertainty that we're trying to get our brains to get to get used to. Yeah, but the practice is like exercise for our brain. Yes, you know, when those moments, those hard moments come, they're a little easier to deal with.
1: 1000%. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you recognized, you know, the the a hard time or a struggle or OCD coming back and mm-hmm. um I'm I'm glad that you're figuring out your tools and trying some stuff out. That's yep. All we can do. I'm trying it out. <laughs> Uh, which, you know, smooth transition, uh, the new year has just happened. (laughs) (laughs) And while you and I both are not, um, what was it? New year resolution people, right? Yeah. 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 I never really am. I'm always like, that seems like constricting. Um, (laughs) but I'm fine with, I mean, we talked about doing like goals or intentions or anything Mm -hmm. like that. Um, how do you feel? You got any intentions you want to spit out? Yeah. To the people? (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, I I did want to say doing this podcast has been very helpful in terms of exposure because I tend to like to keep to myself. Um, Mm. even though I want my work to be out there, uh, sometimes it's just easier just to hide. Um, and that's just where I live sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But this time I do want to expose myself in a different way by intentionally submitting things and allowing kind of rejection and failure to happen.
1: Yes. Often. (laughs) I was just thinking the same thing for my intentions too. Not to steal your thunder, but I was like, no. "Yeah," because I think we've talked about our buddy Kelsey, mm-hmm. who has a whole list of like putting or I don't. It's weird to call it a rejection list, but like, <laughs> but she uses it as motivation, right? Yes, and I think that's so flippin' cool.
0: It is. It is, and am um, inspired by that. I think I mean, it's a little harder when you have a lot of things that you want to do that aren't really submittable, so I was thinking that I would go after more things that were a little bit more submittable to give more deadlines for myself nice, and just kind of be motivated to finish something yeah and submit submit to places that I've always wanted to submit to, so that's kind of where i'm that's where my head is at.
1: That's great. I mean, deadlines give structure, which, you know, at least, yeah, my creativity really thrives with some structure, (laughs) but but then, you know, you and I were talking about like rebelling also against (laughs) structure. So it's a fun little balance, but, you know, left to my own devices, I'll have a million sketch ideas even written down in my phone and no sketches are written. So Mm-hmm. You know, having a structure, having a place to submit to or a, a group of accountability or this podcast is very, like, helpful getting that it stuff is. done. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. So what about you, Gabby? Um, yeah, I'm kind of on the same thing, which is both with comedy and in life. I'd like to put myself out there more and be cool with rejection. So I don't know. <laughs> i know we can only control ourselves and i you know i can't control my reaction to something but i'm i've i've heard and i'm hoping the more rejection i receive the easier it is and the less personally i'll take it so yeah i don't know no i do know i want to (laughs) um i want to change a couple of things like not even with comedy um you know i'm i'm on this job search constantly because i'm tired of being in education, I'm very burnt out about it. Mm -hmm. And the hours of being a tutor are such that I can't do any open mics during the week because I don't get off of work until nine, sometimes 10 at night. And that's a real bummer. So yeah, I want to apply for more things, but not cold apply because that is not working for me. So I'm going to take people out to coffee for picking their brain purposes. I I don't know what the nomenclature is. But um, yeah, that part. And also I really, along with this like night of healthcare stories, I would like to do more of that. I would like to do more of instead of finding some place to apply to, to have them reject me or not reject me or whatever it is. um, I would really like to put on my own comedy night you know and so if this theater works out that's fantastic and maybe it's cheap enough such that i can reach out to my buddies in the bay area and be like great we're putting on a comedy night you know what do you want to do or a variety night you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah
0: no that's that sounds great i like that too like i'm gonna steal that
1: (laughs) great i stole yours (laughs) mutual stealing (laughs)
0: No, I mean, I like, I think we've talked about this before is setting our own um, and making our own stuff um, without it being for something. And I think uh, I think that is a really good way of looking at it, because sometimes you just have to create your own stuff to kind of put it out there to let it exist and let it hang there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, man. Plus, I really miss performing in person. (laughs) I'm sick and tired of not having people's attention. (laughs) You're like, look at me. Look at me. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Mom, mom, mom. Watch this. mom. (laughs) Look, I can do this dance. Is this cool? Look. Um, But really, like I miss improv. I miss all the things. So, you know, so fuck you, San Francisco Sketch Fest. I'm going to put it on my own. <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> Gabby's
0: better uh, San Francisco Sketch Fest.
1: <laughs> That's the title. That's the title. Uh huh. I don't think there's any copyright infringement there. I think it's fine. Even though mine starts with San Francisco Sketch Fest and then in parentheses in like three times smaller font. Gabby's own or something and Gabby's better version
0: yeah yes yes yeah
1: Ah, I'll get my lawyers on it but I'm sure it's gonna be fine (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay well uh, some other very cool things coming up this year we're going to – for the podcast, we're going to try and interview some people because mm-hmm. um, we have a lot of friends surprised uh, and we have a lot of friends who are in comedy and uh, or trying to get into comedy. And we have a lot of friends who also struggle with OCD um, and in particular flavors that you and I uh, don't really have and mm-hmm. – um, have poo-pooed in the past. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we just can't speak to those. So they're going to come on and they're going to defend, you know, why contamination is the best OCD to have, why religious scrupulosity is the coolest one in the bucket, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The classic uh, internal OCD warfare that's existed for centuries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Because we need more.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. thousand percent. oh boy oh well um happy new year to you heather and happy new year to all our listeners
0: yeah happy new year to you gabby and to all our listeners as well
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um may your mentals be good may your new year be dope and may all your wishes i I don't know (laughs) come true (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. is that a copyright thing (laughs) it it might be but there's a caveat unless your wishes are mean in which case stop it
0: yeah stop those wishes
1: go put down your wishes write them down someplace and write give us 10 reasons why they should not come true (laughs) cbt okay everybody do it yeah (laughs) yeah All right. Well, I think we did it. Yeah, I think this is a good way to end the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I like
0: alienating people.
1: (laughs) That's right. So if you're still listening to this podcast, fuck you. You're a great human being and we really appreciate you listening to us. So thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for listening, everyone. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. (laughs) <laughs> Welcome to the end of the show. This is Gabby Blackman.
0: And this is Heather Nye.
1: Thank you for listening to Comically Exposed. We are just a little show with two creators who edit and produce each episode. We appreciate all your support.
0: If you like what you heard, please follow us on Instagram at comicallyexp.podcast. That's C O M I C A L L Y E X P dot podcast.
1: Or subscribe to us on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. New episodes drop every other Wednesday.
0: Also, special thanks to Track Club and Golden Finch for providing the music.
1: Thanks for listening. And hey, everybody, today is a great day to expose yourself. Okay, until next time, ta da for ta da.